Hi, this is Steve Durr. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel, that is Jacob, who moved to Egypt with their father, each with his family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. In all, Jacob had 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt, who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the field. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shiphrah and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Well, we are taking our first steps together in following God through Exodus. And this very first chapter in the story presents a horrific problem and challenge. Things have changed for the people of Israel, these Hebrews in Egypt. They had it good. They were protected. They lived in peace. And now there's been a change in power. The politics of the land have shifted. And this new ruler in Egypt called Pharaoh is ignorant of who they are and their story. Therefore, the Pharaoh sees this growing number of Hebrew people, God's chosen people of Israel, as a threat so Pharaoh tried to slow down their growth by making them slaves and oppressing them. This was state-sponsored slavery. It was degrading, it had brutal conditions, and it was forced labor. Yet God's people continued to spread and multiply and swarm. 
And so Pharaoh took even stronger actions. He wanted the population of Israel to be thinned out. He wants to remove any possible military threat. So he ordered that all Hebrew boys born must be killed by the midwives. This is an order from the Pharaoh, the leader, the king of Egypt. You do not disobey or you lose your life. So what are these Hebrew midwives going to do? Imagine being put in that terrible position. Here's the scripture verse that caught my attention in this story that tells of the midwives' actions. Verse 17 in the story says, But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live too. That verse caught my eye. Some believe that this verse, that this story, is one of the first recorded cases of civil disobedience in defense of a moral cause. The passage tells us that the midwives disobeyed because they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. What does it mean to fear God? To fear God isn't about being scared of him. To fear God is to be in awe of him, to have deep respect and reverence for God. But it also does recognize that God is holy, that he has power, that he has a way of life for us to follow, and that he is present, or in other words, he's watching. To fear God is to be devoted to him, to recognize who he is and who we are, and to treat him and to live accordingly. To fear God is to run to him, to be drawn to him because of who he is. And it's more of that than running away from him out of fear. Sometimes I think I'm afraid of God more than I revere or respect or am devoted to him. I think my fear of God is a result of a self-focus that fears more what God could do to me or what he might not do for me instead of finding myself amazed and in awe of God that leads me to devote my life to him and obey him. These midwives in this story feared God. They followed his plan. They obeyed him rather than the Pharaoh. So they participated in civil disobedience against the king of Egypt because it went against obedience to the king over all kings, God. I'm challenged today by these midwives' devotion to God and their courage in the face of possible death. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter to fellow pastors while he was in a prison in Birmingham, Alabama. And he was in jail for nonviolent protesting and civil disobedience because of segregation. And Dr. King, in his letter, defended his opposition to the political and structural powers in Birmingham. And he wrote this. He said, How does one determine whether a law is just or unjust? A just law is a man-made code that squares with the moral law or the law of God. An unjust law is a code that is out of harmony with the moral law. In other words, When the ways of the world clash with the ways of God, I'm choosing God's way. He's the one I fear. 
He's the one I put first. He's the one I follow. How many people did these midwives save because God was their true king and their leader? How about us today? It's easy to go with the flow and think our way is the way God approves because it benefits us, it makes us happy, or it even seems right to us. Maybe even something we've been told. The questions are, do we revere God? Do we respect him? Do we recognize who God is? Do we understand how he desires for us to live? And will we choose God's way, even if it pushes against our own comfort, our boss, our friends, what culture tells us is important, what we grew up hearing was right, or even if it rubs against our favorite political party? Will we recognize that God is king and will we live like it? And so today, for you, what is God saying to you? And what will be your response? Let's pray. God, would you show us more of who you are so that we might be in awe and run to you? We proclaim that you are our king. Lead us today. We will follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.